Welcome to the Lifelinks Podcast, where we share stories of pushing past the stigma of diversity to embrace love of self and cultural identity, because we're not blending in. If your heart is beating with a love of your heritage, but sometimes the challenge of being different can wear you down, then join in to listen and feel rejuvenated and proud of who you come from. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also the creator of this content. If you want to chat more about what we talk about on this show, please reach out to me on whatever platform you enjoy on social media. We're available at Lifelinks or on our website at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. I'd love to engage with you more in these topics and hear more of what you have to say about them. Hola, chicas. So great to be here with you today, the last Wednesday of May, a month in which we have been honoring mothers, from human to natural and beyond. It's been a month of Mother's Day, mental health awareness, a lunar eclipse, and now a long weekend to ease into some hopeful frivolity of summer. May mothers need a break, more than anyone, because it's a lifetime job. For as much joy and soulful energy that comes from becoming a mother, the demand of raising a human through adulthood is insane and rarely made easier by anyone. So let's continue to show some love for mothers out there and make their day easier somehow. Treat them to a cafecito, some flowers, spa day, anything. Love on the mothers. Today's episode is highlighting what I find are like three cultural tenets, facets that are passed on in multicultural families. These facets are just integral with cultures that live them out naturally in daily routines. And even when families move on to another culture, the culture moves with them moves within them in raising future generations. Families are raised with a love of culture, but conflict may pop up when multiple cultures collide. We tend to focus on differences rather than commonalities, and sometimes this conflict is associated with the cultures rather than the learning process, and culture is blamed. It's a complex scenario because typically, growing up, children turn to their parents for advice, for kindness and support and all those growing experiences. But in a multicultural family, parents and children don't share the same childhood experiences. Often the children are learning on their own and perhaps in conflict with parents. It's really tricky to live multiple cultures growing up and having little understanding from parents who just can't empathize. They just don't know. Yet that experience adds a depth and complexity, providing understanding of multiple cultures and multiple generations. It's truly a blessing. It's a gift. Unfortunately, this gift can get lost in the turmoil of trying to navigate this complexity through childhood. 
appreciation only comes later when differences that once hindered you in childhood begin to elevate you in adulthood. It's that DNA that comes forward without any effort or thought, regardless of the struggles endured in your youth. Yes, a multicultural childhood requires more thought and navigation, but this experience nurtures those deeply rooted cultural traits. Traits that are based in love, perseverance, and spirituality. When you think back on your childhood and compare it to today, do you recognize any commonality? Any common tendencies that may have resurfaced? Or maybe you held them close to you all your life. And what life moments have you gotten through based on these cultural aspects? As you're thinking about that for a bit, I'm going to shout out the coffee business in Berkeley as part of our steaming cafecito moments. It's our way of supporting small business in any community. So if you have one in your neighborhood or a global recommendation, then DM me on our LifeLinks Instagram or email me through our website at thelinks.com. This week's business is really unique. Although not specifically a woman or diverse-owned business, it does open its doors as a community-based coffee roasters. It's a fab example of allyship that breaks down the barriers of expense that typically would block out anyone wanting to get into the coffee business. And so the doors are opened to small business owners, to marginalized business owners, to anyone wanting to come in and get started in that coffee experience. I'll tell you more about this amazing business at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. So let's get into today's topic of three aspects of multicultural living that continue to flourish generation after generation. It's exciting to realize that regardless of how you were raised or what you may have missed growing up, these cultural traits are in you. You're valuable in moving the culture forward. First, let's refresh a bit what it's like to be raised in a multicultural family. There's really two directions tracking as you grow up. Either aligning with your parents in living cultural norms or moving away from them into a new norm. All you know as a child is what's learned at home based on cultural traditions. And stepping outside the home is when awareness of differences kicks in. And that doubt begins to enter and unravel and threaten that love of culture. Like I said, it's complicated. A multicultural childhood raises a lot of questions that don't have answers until later in life. Just like a lot of experiences in life, regardless of family heritage, you have to go through it before you can get a sense of what it's like. Empathy and compassion can only go so far in feeling the reality of being in it. It's easier to stay close to the fun cultural aspects like food and music and fashion, but when it comes to decision-making for the future, 
then it gets tricky. Parents who immigrate may be carrying the anxiety of doing life right for themselves and their family. And that's a lot to worry about. Wondering if you made the right choice. Wondering if it would have been better if you stayed in your own country. Parents only know what they've lived, just like anyone. So it's a double burden. You have the unknown of being new parents and not knowing what you're doing. And then raising a family in a new society far different from their own. Now, parents may find it easier to stick with what they know, but this is so different than their own children who are being raised in the new culture, and therein lies the struggle. So how do you bridge both a cultural and generational chasm that continues to get wider as life goes on? How do you bring the love of culture forward and intact? while trying to expand your own generational presence? Answers to these questions really define the beauty of a multicultural family. For as much as it's a struggle to be learning a new culture while being raised under the standards of another, it's also a blessing for having so many more options to choose from. In any part of life that may be going sideways, there is another approach that can be used to figure it out. And that works in all directions across all cultures. Now, of these three cultural aspects, the first one a child experiences is the love from family. And first-generation kids really get the most of this because the family's holding on tight in this new culture. They're holding on to what they know, and what they know most is to love. So much of what parents bring with them is transferred immediately inside the home through traditions and lifestyle and beliefs. And as kids get older and more aware, they begin to realize how hard their parents are working to sustain the family. And sometimes the amount of work or type of work can seem unjust, especially for women, the mothers, given the social fabric in place. And yet this second aspect, the persistence to succeed, is definitive of the culture and further fueled by the passion to make it. Thirdly, in order to hold the first two aspects intact, with joy and gratitude, parents bring forth their spirituality. Parents coming from faithful countries have a completely different depth than what's available here. Churches are open 24-7, and people will pass through during their breaks or lunch hour. Conversations of spirituality passed on through generations are common and natural anywhere, on any given moment even ones as basic as how the soul moves us through our journey, our everyday conversations. They're not retreats. They're not webinars. They're just a phone call. Could even be a text. It took me until motherhood to figure this out more thoroughly. Yeah, I was a little bit of a slow learner. But it wasn't until motherhood that I realized the power 
of my multicultural upbringing. I could see how certain values played out once I removed them from the context of my angsty teenage bias that had made the memory. Once she stepped aside, that inner child, the one truly based on my cultural existence, was free to roam again, and she had all the answers. There is a way to bring forward a cultural relationship, to modernize it into each generation without losing its core values. Each of us has a unique and vibrant way of doing it, so together, in all these different ways, in all these unique expressions, the culture lives on. Memories, whether great or questionable, need some revisiting to add more perspective after living some life out there. You get a better understanding of what you experienced as a younger person once you've grown into why these experiences happen to begin with. It's where they get that old adage, what would you tell your younger self? You can't. Honestly, you just have to live through it. So when you look back on memories of your younger self, what would you want to bring forward? What would you want your children or friends to know about your family, your heritage, and your own experiences? Contemplating this encourages you to define the how and the why. How do you relate to it as part of your cultural heritage? And why is it important to you? Asking yourself these questions helps move beyond the impersonal aspects of culture, like rules and traditions, and on to creating your own story. It's less about passing on the heritage for the sake of it and more about creating your own legacy. And the culture does get affected by relocation or marriage outside of the culture, yet with this full appreciation of the new complexity, the new version of the culture, the root culture passes on intact. Now it's up to the individual to tap into the culture, to bring it forward and live it out loud, but it's already pulsing within you. So here's how these three cultural aspects, one of love, one of persistence, and one of spirituality, played out for me through two, three, four generations. First of all, I have never known greater love and joy than in the Latinx and Hispanic cultures, regardless of relationship to me. I am forever grateful for the warmth and open embrace from this community and from people I have never met before. It may have started with my mother, but the deep-rooted desire to be part of the Latinx life is prevalent in me. It's prevalent and it's inexplicable, and I feel blessed by it. When it comes to that deep love, that fierce bond, there was one memory that jumped to the forefront when I had my girls. I hadn't realized how embedded and precious it was until the moment I held my baby for the first time. Suddenly, I just wanted to pass on the joy of my childhood 
bedtime routine. That's how powerful that memory came through 30 years later. Every night, my mother would tuck me in tightly on both sides, so tight I couldn't move. And she would lean in closely, her dark eyes like melted pools of chocolate, and begin singing a song from her childhood. I sing it at the end of the podcast rather than the typical outro music, so stay with me. So after she finished singing, and just before turning off the lights, she would put her nose to mine and whisper, Te quiero, mi hija linda. Muñeca preciosa guava. I love you, my cute little daughter, my doll, my precious, my baby. I felt the same. That, oh, that expression of love that I just wanted to hand over to my little ones. I whispered the words my mom had whispered to me to try and infuse this deep bond, this love. Now, I did morph it into one of my own. And that modernization of that deeply rooted cultural love that creates this fierce bond between mother and child, that keeps the culture alive. Even today, we share the same routine, regardless of where we are in the world. My daughters and I will sign off the same. I love you tons and tons forever. See you in my dreams, sweet dreams. See you in the morning, Nai Ah, I love it so much. The sweet embrace, the flush expression of bonding love is really the base on which everything else is built. Besitos and abrazos are mandatory, and they are my filter for anyone who wants to be close to me. You can't be afraid of being hugged. Just who I am. Especially when that second cultural piece kicks in. That persistence towards success. Again, totally blessed to have witnessed and been told about the strong women in my family that created our generational wealth. It's so true about representation. The see-it-to-be-it mentality. The power of a daily routine founded in representation becomes so natural that it seems universal. Again, in childhood, it may be taken for granted, but entering the workforce brings it into the spotlight. It's only then that you realize, wait, what? You mean not everyone does this? When I was four years old, my mother started the family corporation. At that time, she was caring for her mother and had four kids at home. We didn't have a nanny or babysitter, and instead, we went to work with her. And as we got older, my siblings and I would literally go work for my parents. I didn't think this was strange at the time. I figured every kid did this with their parents, especially because I had been told the stories of my grandmother having her own business and my mom working for her. So when I had my girls, they were there by my side as I worked from home. Somehow being part of my parents' work experience had this subconscious impact on me. The idea of having my own business was automatic, routine, just as it had been for my mother. 
It's those family stories and experiences that frame unique life and leadership skills. Skills that are absent from modern systems because they have been framed on uniformity rather than diversity. For as much as multicultural experiences may cause uneasiness or a feeling of being left out, their influence can be equally positive and advantageous. Therein lies the power of diversity. Think about your own multicultural experiences and how they may have added complexity and dimension into you. What leadership skills develop that could be introduced into businesses or education? And what do you see that others don't because of the multicultural experiences that you've already lived? And did you get through it all with an embrace of spirituality? Spirituality, to me, is truly a lifelong journey. And as I get older and live through so many of life's harsh realities, the ability to understand them, to heal in them, is based in my growing spirituality. Everything from solace and faith during the most frightening of times to gratitude and pure joy for even the simplest things. My spirituality is far different from my mother's, yet definitely passed on from her. She expressed herself solely through religion, and we couldn't have conversations about a broader spiritual belief. Anytime I spoke of the soul or the universe, she would grab her rosary and just start praying for me. Now, don't get me wrong, I am a deep believer in my Catholic faith, it's just I feel a more primal ancestral connection beyond the last 2,000 years. Although this continues to grow deeper in me as my journey continues, I felt this as a young person too. And talk about spiritual island. Being disconnected from my cultural community made it really difficult. I had no one to talk about it with. No one to confirm this primal sense and speak to it. I ended up calling it witchy powers because for some reason, that is just more acceptable here. The thing is, for as much as my mother spoke only of her religious faith, she actually had witchy powers. I found out at 48. For 48 years, my mother had been giving me the stink eye when she knew. She knew she held the deep primal connection too. I'm going to share that story on another episode on witchy powers and premonitions. I know you all have some good stories on this too, so I think we should have a group interview episode or maybe a live call-in. That would be so great. These are just my examples, and I'm sure you have your own, of how culture can be lived, modernized, and passed on generation to generation. It just comes up in you. 
you think it's just yourself. It's your own personality. Because when you look back on your parents, you might have nothing in common. And yet, it is that deep-rooted cultural existence that is moving you forward. Sharing stories of our ancestors illuminates what we have in common with them because of our culture. You can discover your life link and feel grounded in who you come from. It becomes your own story and how others will identify you with love. Again, it's not just about passing on the traditions and knowledge of your heritage, but how you embody it, how it becomes part of your identity as you walk out in the world. And the world needs your full multicultural self. In this complexity, you can be the bridge between cultures and between generations. You bring the knowledge of ancients into the modern day, living empathetic love in each small act and providing solutions to unsolved problems and letting go of surface anxiety by diving into the depths of spirituality. Are you a little more excited to bring your multicultural self forward to share with your friends and your family and your coworkers? Are you feeling empowered to live your complex person out loud? Oh, I hope so. The world needs you. It needs you to remind it of humanity's compassion and brilliance. Now, for the steamy cafecito moment you've all been waiting for. I hope you were following the hints on our Instagram stories. And if you missed them or our previous shout outs of these amazing businesses, then you can find them on our Instagram highlights under the cafecito icon. The highlights have the episode number related to the pic so you can learn more about the owner's history and the passion for starting their businesses. You can choose a favorite, order up some coffee or some cute merch online. This week's business is called the Co-Row Coffee Room. You see what they did there? Co-Row. It's located in Berkeley, California, and is founded on a deep sense of community. You definitely feel the focus is more about other people than themselves as soon as you walk in the door. How, you ask? Right inside the door. Literally right inside the door before you get to order are rows and rows of different coffee companies. Not their own, different ones. Co-Row supports individuals like you and me, small business owners and large ones too, who just want to create their own personal brand. The beauty of supporting small companies is that they focus on sustainable coffee. Coffee that is sourced from small farmers, marginalized groups of owners, and respectful pricing to create a more equitable supply chain of coffee. Your cafecito never tasted so good knowing you have done so much good in buying from these partners of Coro Coffee Room. They also partner with companies like Husband and Wife Team, The Midwife and The Baker for their scrumptious goodies. Oh, I had the ham and cheese croissant. It was so crispy and flaky. Ah. And Blue Willow Tea, one woman labor of love company. <laughs> you can check out their site at corocoffeeroom.com to discover more about the individual companies, 
their purpose, and order online for them in full support. If you're in the area, you can actually go in and see the coffee roasting machines. Needless to say, it smells lush in there with that roasting smell of coffee. Mm. You can also see the links to these companies in our transcripts at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Remember to tag lifelinks in your favorite cafecito moments, especially in your own neighborhood. Develop a sense of community around your cafecito moments, just like Coro. Maybe we should do a group coffee roasting event. Or winemaking event. What would that taste like? Nose of sassiness, lingering love, laughter up front. All the Latinas of good living. Take a look on our website at thelinks.com for each episode's transcripts and other articles linked to what you've heard here today. Although admittedly, I am way behind in creating content for that, so if anyone wants to help me out, I'd love you. Share the love of this podcast with your friends and leave a review for us, please, on Apple Podcasts so we can stay in conversation. Step into your truth, ladies. I love you. Ciao. Duermete mi niño, duermete mi amor, duermete pedazo de mi corazón, duermete mi niño, que tengo que hacer lavar los pañoles y hacer de comer. Duérmete, mi niño, duérmete, mi sol, duérmete, pedazo de mi corazón.